deliberately covered up because they don't want us to know what really went on in those times. This is why, you know, that you get things like the legend of King Arthur, because King Arthur was a real person, although he's portrayed as being a legend. He was a real person. In fact, it was two people. And the legend that we get is like a conglomeration of, of two people. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, there's a lot of lies told about history in general, but especially that period of history. Yeah. Uh, the end of the Roman invasion until, you know, kind of William the Conqueror or, or King Alfred, perhaps. It became a little yeah. bit more. But there's about 400 years there where very, very little is known about, well, certainly not by the general public, but, yeah. you know, it, it's it's known in, obviously, elite circles, but they don't want to make it public because, you know, there are certain things that went on there that um, they'd rather we didn't know about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that, um, so I'm, I'm sort of like, I, I know a bit and stuff, you know, I, I read quite a bit. That was was that the start of the Dark Ages? Yes, yeah, yeah and that's so, that's why it's called yeah. the Dark Ages because they say that oh, all the records were lost, but that's just utter nonsense, to be frank. You know, oh, good. Um, oh, good. there are there are records. I mean, we only know fragments of what went on, but um, you know, I cover a lot of that in falsification of history, and I think you know most of um, uh, most of uh, what. Um, uh, what they they know and we don't know, as I say, is, is totally covered up. But we do know certain little bits, and I, I do cover all that in that book. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I mean, if anyone, obviously, there's going to be people that are listening that haven't seen the size of this book. <laughs> this book is absolutely huge, and its sister book, Falsification of Science, is just absolutely enormous. But the it's hard to obviously like I wanted to prepare. As, as much as I could for this interview but I couldn't well, yeah. I, I don't think I even got through half of it yeah well I'll, I'll forgive you for that because as you say <laughs> there is an lot <laughs> to get through um yeah yeah but but they're both um, small compared to behind the curtain you know the behind the curtain's a real monster of a book you know it's it's kind of 1.2 million words behind the curtain in total Jesus yeah wow just to put that into perspective, a standard novel is about eighty to one hundred twenty thousand words on average. So yeah, it's one. It's ten wow. times the size of an average novel. Yeah, that is insane. I mean, that's that's real dedication, man. That's you got to be really, really into it, man. Like, not, yeah, not, not obviously not into it because we're all into it, you know. Like, but yeah, just pure dedication, man. Like, I applaud you for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was lucky enough the fact that I, I kind of stopped working full time uh, back in 2001. And ever since then, I've just been, you know, done this full time. So, oh, no, you know, I appreciate nice. that most people have a nine to five job or whatever, you know, and, and they, you know, they don't get the opportunity to do what I've done. So it's, yeah, you know, I've been kind of lucky in that respect that I've been able to dedicate my life for, to this for the last 25 years. Yeah, that's fantastic. Man. That's, yeah, I, I applaud that a lot. With the um, so one of the things are one of the other things I wanted to talk about, and this is this is away from the history book and into the falsification of science, and this sort of caught me off guard because I, I'd I'd heard of the the out of place artifacts, yeah, a three hundred million year old screw, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's I mean yeah. 
this, I mean, again, I only just really scratched the surface in that chapter in that yeah. book. Um, but this was just one example of of technology that you know is by what they tell us, what the powers that shouldn't be tell us yeah. Um, yeah. shouldn't be possible. Um, you know, like you said, a, a, a screw was found in a in a piece of rock. You know, which was dated at being 300 million years old. So that screw was actually found within that piece of rock. So again, that that speaks volumes to me. That tells me that they're lying to us about you know our history as a species. Oh yeah. Um, you know, or where did that come from? I mean, it's just nobody knows. It's impossible to tell. But it does shine a light on the fact that things are not really as they pretend they are. Yeah, I think that gen- generally, you know, I, I try not to be too cynical about everything that I'm told, even though really you have to be. But yeah. I mean, if you just dig into almost anything, it, it turns out that it's not exactly, sometimes it's not at all what exactly. it's going to be. Exactly. Every, everything is twisted to fit their agenda, whatever yeah. the, you know, that ongoing agenda may be. They twist everything to create a false picture of reality. Mm-hmm. And the reason they do that, they don't want us to know the truth about our origins. They don't want us to know the truth about what's going on in the world, obviously. You know, and that's been the case for not just in the last few years, but for millennia, really. It's the same bloodlines that have been controlling us. And, you know, they've always had this desire to suppress our knowledge because knowledge is power and they know that if we have the knowledge of what the truth really is and you know you know the esoteric truth about us and our background and our origins as a species then that gives us a power that they don't want us to have and this is why they hide it Mm. yeah absolutely i agree with that Mm. yes it's it's, once you start getting into the bloodlines as well oh it's it goes really, really deep. I mean, as in, like, as the, the intro said, I mean, how many people have even heard of the Orsinis or the Palavagini? If you said that, say, if you just stopped some guy on the road and said, you're right, mate, have you ever heard of Orsini? You'd be like, nah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. I mean, people are kept in dumb ignorance deliberately. You yeah. know, we've fed this diet of of 24 hours 24 7 music and sports and celebrities and it's all designed to keep our minds occupied and away from finding the truth you know it's it's what the romans used to call bread and circuses you know you know that is if you give people enough food to keep them happy and give them enough entertainment to keep them happy then they won't question the status quo they won't look into um you know the the real background or truth about what is going on in the world it's yeah, just yeah. A, you know it's just a way of con- it's another way of control yeah, do you know yeah. What? That, that is that something is, that uh, everyone should be able to to understand especially like because hmm. i know a lot of people like even in this conspiracy sort of circles a lot of people like sports you know they they you know they yeah i mean i like sport myself like so yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but i've from for me personally i've never got into it um i I suppose i'm just one of those people but it's some people like i know people from especially where i live that they are it's everything to them you know one of my good friends it's it's life to them and you know obviously people like what they like and there's no hatred no judgment or anything like that but yeah yeah it's an example of how something 
can absolutely capture someone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, years ago, you know, when I was a lot younger and uh, young, a young man, you know, it used to ruin my weekend if my football team lost. You know, I, I, I used yeah. to spend all the, all the rest of the weekend moping about. I mean, I've gone way past that now. Yeah. You know, it's, a bit, it's about perspective, really. You know, you have to yeah. get these things in perspective. Everything is okay in small doses. But oh. to let something like that ru- run your life is just is just ridiculous, really. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So one of the so this is something that I've that I only heard about recently, and because for so long I was just so obsessed with like you know like the banking cartels and stuff like that and just looking into stuff like that, like I didn't really give much thought to to history being fabricated as much as it is, and right. the the thing that really took me back was <laughs> was dinosaurs. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is. I always get this, you know. Oh, John, how can how can that possibly not be? How can dinosaurs possibly not have existed? Everybody knows that they existed. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. sorry, but <laughs> that is just absolute nonsense. <laughs> dinosaurs are just a. They're just a. I call it a, a prop, like a prop yeah, for yeah. evolutionary theory, which again is utter nonsense. I mean, yeah, so yeah. easy. I mean, it's just ridiculously easy to prove that evolution is false. And yet people still get taken in by it because of the propaganda that emanates from these entities 24-7. And it's mm-hmm. very effective. Then, you know, the, the masters of the human psyche, these people, they know exactly which buttons to push and, uh, you know, and they use that to their advantage. Um, so yeah. propaganda is a massive, massive tool in their armory. Uh, propaganda and brainwashing (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's almost like wow it's not almost like absolutely it's science has become a religion and then you have the the sort of like the scientists with their white priest robes on you know preaching the anthony fauci's and the chris witties and you know all these guys yeah yeah and it's i mean if you even like the way the thing that i say to people now when they you know when they just sort of look at you with glazed eyes, the fluoride stare, as I call it, um, when they ask you about sort of like, how, how do dinosaurs not exist, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then all I, all I sort of say to them is, well, and, I, you know, most of it I got from you, to be honest, but <laughs> all these cultures for thousands, hundreds of thousands of years yeah. have been digging. Have, they have had sort of like, the, you know, the hypergym, you know, things like this. Mm-hmm. all around the world and none of them not one found a bone of a dinosaur no and neither were there any kind of you know because a lot of cultures ancient cultures were built on word of mouth you know mm-hmm. as well as written histories there was a there's a massive um uh, word of mouth culture as well um and not, not no dinosaurs have ever been mentioned that in any culture that is known about. And not not only that, no dinosaur bones were ever found. Fossil fossilized bones, <coughs> not the original bones. No no dinosaur bones were ever found until the advent, of the run up to the uh, announcement about the theory of evolution. Yeah. See the thing, the thing is about dinosaurs; they are actually. Uh, um, they're like a a middle ground that they to the evolutionists they explain the transition from from sea creatures to land creatures and from land creatures to to um winged creatures you know 
Uh, mm. the air. And, and that is, is, is what it's been used for. But it, obviously, it's gone much further than that. I mean, to me, it's, it's an absolute giveaway, the fact that, you know, our whole culture is saturated with the damn things. I mean, you know, kids' stories, books, films, games, toys, you know, it's, it's inculcated into kids, you know, from the, almost the moment they can actually think and speak. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, you know the whole. It's a massive toy industry. It's a massive child children's industry, isn't it? Um, oh, and, and it's done that because it, it it inculcates that belief into people from almost from birth that, that they couldn't possibly not exist. Mm. Oh, you know, yeah. you know. I mean, there's there's so much information. You know, there's lots of it in my book, Falsification of Science, obviously, as you alluded to. But there's so much information that says that um, it's just nonsense. You know, there's so many elements to it that, you know, it's out to know where to begin to actually start talking about it, actually. Yeah. So, uh, I would uh, recommend reading my book on that topic because there is a massive chapter about that alone, you know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, the and you know one of the one of the main things as well that that worries me about the whole dinosaur thing, like the mm. wor- should worry anyone really with a critical mind, is that you have Charles Darwin that's coming up with this evolutionary theory, a thirty third degree Freemason Royal Society member. Yeah, and then you have his cousin, Galton, Sir Francis Galton, who's like yeah. jacking off over the thought of eugenics and killing all the you know the brown people and all the undesirables exactly and know them by their fruits do you know what i mean it's just indeed like, yeah. yeah um yeah i'm uh i'm while we're carry on talking about that for a moment if you, if you don't mind because i'm just i'm just looking up a quote actually which which will just um i can't remember it off the top of my head but i'm just i'm just oh, yeah. digging it out right now Oh, and, yeah. it, uh, and it's and it's a, a very pertinent quote from uh, from uh, Freemason, Freemasonry, and it's oh, yeah. about yeah. evolution. Um, I'm just oh, I think I know it. the one that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I think I think we're racing each other to the uh, to the page. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure it's in the book, actually. It may, may well be, but it's, oh. as well as writing books, uh, you know, and doing podcasts, I all, I'm also a stand-up speaker, you know, so I go around various conferences and stuff talking oh, about, nice. talking about uh, you know, very different, lots of different topics. Yeah. Uh, Do you know, one of the, um, I've one got of it the problems now. with, uh, have you got it? Yeah, go on, carry on. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was from the 33rd degree Supreme Council of Freemasonry in Paris. And it revealed in its minutes um, the promotion of evolution as a science. Well, they themselves actually scoffed at the idea. And the, the, the quote is, and this is directly from their minutes, and I quote, it says, it is with this object in view that we are constantly arousing a blind confidence in these theories. The intellectuals, without any logical verification, will put into effect all the information available from science, which our agents have cunningly pieced together for the purpose of educating their minds in the directions we want. Do not suppose for a minute that these are empty words. Think carefully, 
of the successors we arranged for Darwinism. <laughs> and now it's, um, it's, it's staggering, isn't it? It really is. I mean, the, the absolute hubris of these people, just they just, like, even in their own books and stuff, they just say it. Yeah. And people, obviously, like, people like, you know, you and people like me and like, other people in this community sort of pick up on it, obviously, mm. with the help of people like yourself that compile this information and put it out there. But yeah, I, I suppose they're not scared about this because they know that the, the sort of, like, the average Joe isn't going to pick one of their... The, their books he's not going to read a david rockefeller saying you know my family are globalists and we stand proud or whatever he said Do you know what i mean like they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Worried about it. yeah absolutely and, and again if i may i'll just read an, another quote in a, in a similar vein and this is from new age magazine uh, in yeah. 1922 <laughs> and it says the kingdom of atheistic freemasonry will be established by evolution and the development of man himself. This false scientific ideology of evolution is a deception set in the 33rd degree atheistic Freemasonic lodges. Freemasons openly admit that they will use scientists and media which are under their control to present this deception as scientific fact, which even they find funny. Staggering. Yeah, it really is. it's a bit, it's actually, it's frustrating and it's a bit insulting, to be honest, insulting my intelligence. Well, yeah, I mean, these people are laughing at us. They're openly laughing at us. They think they think it's hilarious that we mm. believe all this crap that they, they shovel on us, you know. Yeah, it's um one of the things that I wanted to get to, to speak about. I know it's a bit of a, a, bit of a strange segue, but mm. the the whole UFO scene at the moment. Right. Now... I go back and forth. I know people like to bring up Von Braun's um, final speech with, um, I, can't remember, I never remember her name, um, you know, where he says, you know, fear that, you know, that they're going to be, they're going to present this false alien invasion. Just remember, it'll be fake, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You talk but, about Project Bluebeam. Yeah, Project, yeah. But the thing that I sort of go back and forth on is he is also a Nazi. So whether he's, I know that, you know, on your last, you know, your last words, you're not going to waste them. You know what I mean? And yeah. he might have had a lot of regret. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably like a reverse Stockholm syndrome sort of thing where we just, uh, it, it reminds me of the Euro, Yuri Bezmanov uh, yes. demoralization thing. They've, yes. they've done that to us. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not Absolutely. just the, the normies that are, yeah. you know, that, that you can't get through to. You can't get through to us anymore. You know, we don't believe anything. No. Um, but the the whole UFO thing really, really, really interests me because do you remember um, back in the day there used to be a guy called Richard Hall. He was um, he was a, a northerner and he had yeah Richard D Hall yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 Rich Planet TV wasn't it That's right. Yeah, I I was brought up on that. My mum had it blasting out when I was a kid. Um, so right. I've always been in sort of like this mind frame, but. What, just before she started playing that, and this is the reason I speak about the UFOs, yes. is she was um, she doesn't smoke anymore, but she was in the, her back garden having a cigarette, and mm. she sort of looked up, and my mum was she was uh, a really devout Catholic woman, um, right, and a gold orb UFO type thing um, 
sort of came to her in the sky, like not super high above her, but not yeah, super low yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, she said to me that it, it almost felt like she didn't say the word download, but that's the closest thing that I could sort of like pin to it. Right. Um, and she didn't believe it. So like she didn't believe her eyes until she she sort of ran out into the front garden and seen someone staring up at the sky at a bus stop. Right. And she said, um, "Did you see that?" And the, and the woman like proper like um sort of like you know standoffish she was like well you tell me what you saw and then my mum explained what she saw and she was like yeah i saw that and it's just from that moment she she gave up catholicism um she literally just changed her completely changed her wow yeah but yeah my my question to you is like what do you i know that there's sort of like sex of this community that think they're extraterrestrial or they're you know from the outer limits of the ice wall or whatever what's your take on it um yeah i mean i i never i've, I've never researched it the reason i've never researched it is i mean i'm obviously aware of the general you know uh, consensus and and, uh, and that it actually exists this U- ufo phenomenon yeah. um, I, but i've never actually researched it in depth so i'm not speaking from a position of authority here nick but i'll give you my opinion my opinion is that okay let, let's take the the phrase itself ufo i mean that in itself is very disti- dis- dis- um kind of descriptive because it all UFO means is unidentified flying object. So that could refer to anything. You know, a plane could be a UFO. Um, I'm not saying it, it, it definitely is in every case, because obviously that's not the case. I know people myself who've seen UFOs. You know, I have friends who've seen them. Um, and inexplicable UFOs, not just UFOs, if you take the words unidentified flying object as literally, what it means something that is flying that you can't identify which could be anything it could be a bird or anything but uh, in the sense of you know that we're talking about that is some kind of uh, unknown entity um then yeah i've got friends who've seen them and i absolutely believe them i i do believe that these things exist but what i don't believe is that they come from outer space i think that they are some kind of earthly phenomenon uh, which is un- inexplicable. Um, but other than that, I-, I couldn't really say. You know, you mentioned from beyond the ice wall. That's very possible. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, necessarily discount that. Possibly from underground, because apparently they've been seen emerging from the sea, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. You know, I, I I don't subscribe to the fact that they're from outer space. I think this is that is just a scam. It's just a con. It's just a, a psyop, if you like, to make yeah. us believe that we live on this spinning ball amongst millions and billions and trillions of other spinning balls throughout this vast universe, yeah, which I, yeah. I do not believe that at all. No, I'm I'm beginning to 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 not believe it either. You know, I was yeah. There was a point where I was sort of like becoming I, so I don't like the phrase flat earther because it's no because like, it's not it's like probably you're the same i, I don't know yeah, you're, yeah. yeah it's like you know you don't believe flat earth but you also don't believe the ball theory you, you, it is flat to, yeah you know, to a scientific degree yes but i mean there could be endless amounts of possibilities going on like i i've Absolutely. recently come across um this this sort of theory called terra infinis right 
it's from a guy or woman, very anonymous, called Nos Confundan. Okay. And essentially, it's basically we we live in a almost like a puddle. Um, mm-hmm. Our land masses are in a puddle, and next to it, on the ice, is another puddle with its own land masses, and then yeah. another puddle. Have yeah. you have you looked into that at all? Yeah, I've never heard it called that, but I've heard something similar because um, I researched um, I researched uh, flat Earth and all all the associated theories, you know, for quite a while. And one of the things that I found out was that there is a map hanging in the lobby of the United <laughs> Nations building in New York, and it shows um, a flat Earth yeah, surrounded yeah. by the ice wall, but beyond that ice wall. There are actually dozens and dozens of other large continents. Oh, yeah, and this is a this is actually a map on the wall of the United Nations building. Now, what the hell is that doing there? If there's not some truth in it, you know, why would they do that? You know, we know the phenomenon of of hiding things in plain sight, um, which is what they do. They have to tell us the truth in some oblique form or another because they believe they're very strong believers in karma and they believe that if they don't, you know, put it in our faces, then they will suffer bad karma as a result. But they, I also believe that it doesn't have to be that overt. It can just be very subtle and it's up to us whether we believe it or not. And that kind of exonerates them in their own minds from any kind of bad karma. So they do this all the time. Revelation yeah, method is yeah. If we just if we just go along with it, we consent essentially, isn't it? Exactly. That's that's exactly it, uh, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, it's just the arrogance of them. It's just it's unbelievable. Oh, it's staggering. Yeah, absolutely staggering. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I sometimes I just I try and think. Of, I don't think that. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but my my little brain, my Swindonian brain, isn't big enough or complex enough to comprehend really what's going on you know behind because i i look at it as you have these secret societies like the the masons and you know the ones that we sort of spoke about earlier but then you have other ones that you know like the oto or the aa or yeah yeah all all these sort of like weird almost sex cults sex magic uh and they, they seem to be able to dial something up um, to be able to sort of like like the the Alistair Crowley's Iwas uh, or Lash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that was that was a grey, you know, that was a grey literally before that was in the mainstream consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, are they aliens or are they, you know, maybe he's, you know, with the right ritual? You know, you call the right number and you get someone from the outer, you know, the outer reaches of our little ice wall puddle comes mm. over and, you know, says hello or whatever. You know, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, they could, I mean, they could be from another dimension. You know, that's another possibility. That's yeah. another theory that I've heard, you know, that they actually don't exist on our physical plane. You know, it's, uh, but they found some way of, of um, you know, breaking through that barrier in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, one thing that I, I stumbled across the other day. I don't know how I got onto there, but it was a really obscure website. And it was about um, everything Illuminati, basically. And mm. one of the one of the things that they were talking about on this article was um, Pindar, the Lizard King. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and I was like, oh, this is interesting, you know, sort of going through, pass it through. And I put Pindar into Google. Now, I don't normally use Google. I normally use DuckDuckGo, but I put it in Google just to see what it would give me. And it came up with underneath Whitehall in London, there's a deep underground military base, apparently. And it's yeah. called Pindar. It's spoke oh, really? exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I know that there is very, very, very little coincidence on you know in this reality. You know, everything is it's almost scripted to you know the the nth degree. You yes, know? definitely. So I mean, what are the chances of that? And you know, and then Pindar's mm. just been coronated. You know, mm. he's probably got something to do with it. But yeah, it's. it's so strange and this is one other thing i really want to to run by you because i know that you're you're really good at looking into stuff is have you have you ever heard anything strange about the the city of milton Keynes? no other than the fact that it's absolutely full of roundabouts like swindon oh god it's full of more than roundabouts (laughs) i'm sure yeah i'll um i've got a book here called uh, Mysterious Milton Keynes, right? And right. I was just I was looking at it, I'm just going through some of the some of the weird stuff. And not only is there basically what it is almost I think personally it was a ritual to build this place for either for the the Royal Arch Masonic um yeah. leader the what's his name? The Duke of Oh, yeah, Joke of Kent. Yeah, that's the guy. It was built on the day. So it started construction on the day that he was being, uh, you know, coronated or whatever they call it, you know. Mm. But it's, I mean, there's so much to it. There's pyramids everywhere. In, really? Uh, apparently it's built on ley lines. Mm. I mean, there's, I'm not doing it justice by talking about it. Um, but there's like obelisks everywhere owl statues looking down on everyone there's some very 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 mysteriously weird looking sort of totem pole things that correspond with j a knapp's um master mason painting where he's got his hands up with the little things in his hand yeah well it's i mean the the name itself i mean it was named after john maynard Keynes, who was a an economist but he was also a 33rd degree freemason a very high-ranking freemason Oh wow! So, yeah, so um, and it, it kind of a, a it's not really relevant to anything, but I did spend some time in Milton Keynes because I used to appear on a, on a TV show, <coughs> now sadly defunct, called Edge Media TV, which used to be on Sky Channel Two Hundred, and that was presented by a guy called Theo Chalmers, and I did did appear on there several times. So I used to used to go down to Milton Keynes uh, to the studios there, and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's. I don't like the place. It's got a very strange atmosphere. I found. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I was going to say that to you when I was there. Yeah, I just I got really bad. This is before I knew anything about Milton Keynes being weird. But yeah, I, I, as soon as I got there, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I want to leave. Yeah, it's awful. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the um, there's uh one of one really strange story. Well, there's loads. But there's a couple of uh, little things that that might be. They, I mean, they were really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Sort of when I found them out. One of the things is on Google Maps. 
Now, I can't find this anywhere else on planet Earth, right, or plane of Earth, or whatever you want to call it. But the, so if you type in on Google, just put like Milton Keynes, it will come up Milton Keynes Central. And it's the only place on planet Earth that comes up in all capital letters. All right. I've tried it in New York, City Central, Grand Central Station. I've tried it in LA. I've tried it in London, Piccadilly Circus. I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. And none of it comes up with all capital letters apart from Milton Keynes Central. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And another thing, apparently, this is some a little sort of tidbit I found when because um, I went into a bit of a deep dive on it. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, now this is according to a newspaper that I could only find one link to is there is a a play so the uh, theater are putting on a um a show about in their words the real time no the time when a ufo crash landed in a council estate in 1984 in milton Keynes. apparently the the entity that was driving the ufo got out and had a conversation with the council estate Milton Keeners. Hmm. That's a bit strange, isn't it? Weird. What, yeah, was, very, it, was very, it a human or a humanoid or what was it? I mean, yeah, apparently it was um, it was a humanoid uh, female. Called, right. um, oh, what they call it? It wasn't Zendaya. It was something similar to, like, yeah, it was it's something beginning with a Z. But yeah, it was really, really, really strange. Yeah, very yeah cool. I mean, you, you, you never know what to believe, really, do you? I mean, there's so much disinformation flying around that it it, it does kind of make me question certain things, you know. Oh yeah. Here's um here's a little something that I've that I've um that I picked up in your book. Right. And this this one, it didn't so much anger me; it made me laugh. Was the Challenger disaster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, if you could go into that, that would be brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's not much to say, really. I mean, the, the Challenger disaster was was basically a, a fake. It was a psyop. Those those people are still alive. It's quite easy to prove. They're not even hiding the fact that they're still alive. You know, a, yeah. a very simple uh, internet search. Anybody who doesn't believe me, just, just type in a, a search engine, you know, Challenger astronauts still alive. And, you know, there's a whole load of photographs that prove this, quotes from the people themselves that, that yeah, kind yeah. of allude to it without actually saying it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was a psyop. If you if those people are old enough to remember it, I don't know if you are, Nick, but um, did, do you remember it? No, I was um, I'm, I was born in 91. Ah, right. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's way, be- you know, even quite a while before you were born, then, wasn't it? Yeah, but those people yeah. are old enough to remember it. Um, it was. It was very. Again, it was one of those things that were very hyped. It was very hyped up because it was the first time that um, you know civilians were going into space. Yeah. Uh, it, it might not have been the first time, but it was certainly one of the times where it was very much hyped up. And there was a lady on board called Krista McAuliffe, who was a an American school teacher. And she was going up there. And my co-author, Shannon, on my latest book, Welcome to the Masquerade, is American. And she was at school at that time. 
and oh. she was a teenager and she remembers all the hype and all the children uh, in all the schools across America were made to sit and watch this thing. Now, uh, I believe and she believes that this was a psyop to traumatize children. It was like a test. It was like, a, you know, let's see if we can traumatize all the children. And the way they did it was by pretending that this this teacher who had been built up to be this hero of all the school children. Wow. And then they saw her actually die live on live on air, if you like. And she said there were, there were kids, you know, in her class were cry, openly crying. They were traumatized. Some of them had to have counseling because it had been built up to such an extent, you know. And it's just one more in the catalogue of of dirty deeds that these people do to to you know traumatize and 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 you know keep you know but fearful people are far easier to control yes. this is why we have all this constant string of disasters and you know the news is always bad whenever you switch on the tv not that i ever do to watch that rubbish but you know everything is doom and gloom doom and gloom and it's lowering people's vibrations it's putting us in a state of mind where we're more easily controlled and this is constantly what they do and that challenger disaster was just one tiny example of it i believe yeah yeah i mean it's mk ultra on a wide scale isn't it? It's, yeah exactly it's the same as covid they've it's just like it's pure fear-based mind control absolutely exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah so one of the um just to switch back to the milton Keynes thing because it just reminded me saying mk ultra is um there's a place that you're probably familiar there with um uh, called bletchley park and um yes. i think they're, they're famous for the whole um uh, doing the, the the nazi thing um breaking the codes yes and one of the one of the people that were involved in it i, I think it was it was something to do with like I, I mean I heard stories about obviously the Alan Turing guy. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. I heard stories about a young girl that apparently cracked all the codes on her own. I don't know. Obviously I don't believe anything they say, but no. the the code name of the the project was Ultra. Right. Just so happens that it was in the city of MK. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultra. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought that was uh, that was quite interesting. interesting. Yeah, I'd not I'd not come across that, but that's an interesting snippet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and we know that nothing's done by accident. No, no, it's all everything's all connected. Everything's all yeah, oh, as yeah. I say, connected. Yeah. So we um, shall we switch gears a little bit? And I know that there there are going to be certain people that just switch this podcast off right now. Uh, and there's going to be some people that turn it up and really, really tune in. But, um, should we get into a bit of flat earth talk? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So one of the things that always fascinates me with with flat earth, and I tried to wrap my head around it, but um, a simple Swindonian is the the Southern Airline routes. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Can you enlighten me? Because I, I have no idea. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, what it is is that there are lots of uh, flight paths in the southern hemisphere. In fact, probably all of them don't actually go the way that they should go to take the shortest route. Uh, if you use the globe Earth model, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So, for example, um, 
well let's let's take for example a the the route from Santiago in Chile and this is just one example off the top of my head to um to Sydney Australia yeah. right yeah. now you'd think that'd just be a simple it's a long way but it's still a hop across the Pacific Ocean traveling west isn't it from Santiago yeah, yeah. um right now that route actually goes north to New York what? yeah then across um across to San Francisco LA and then it travels southwest down to Sydney that's just just one example okay there's hundreds of them right wow. now if you look at that route on a flat earth map it's an absolute straight line oh, yeah uh, this is just one example you know um i'll give you one or two more in less detail uh johannesburg in south africa to sao paulo in brazil that flight goes mm -hmm. via london uh, yeah um Santiago in Chile again to Johannesburg, South Africa, refuels in North Africa. You know, um, yeah, you know, these are not the only ones. These are just, you know, you can research loads of them. Just about every one you check is is yeah. that, uh, you know, follows that kind of a a, a ridiculous pattern. It's just um, nonsense. And also, uh, some some researchers have proved. That in order to throw people off the scent, they actually at some points on those on those uh, southern hemisphere routes, the <laughs> transponders get switched off. Oh, um, oh, jeez. Yeah, so they're not you're not able to track the planes. Apparently, this is not something that I'm you know absolutely got first hand knowledge of, but I you know this is allegedly <laughs> this is something that some researchers have claimed, shall we say. Mm. Yeah. That is, yeah I mean, that is realistically, if you presented that to someone, I mean, obviously it's true. It is true. Yeah. They shouldn't have a an argument. Realistically, yeah. I mean, that should be evidence but enough. Yeah, is is this? Yeah. But then you have like the the Bedford level experiments. Yeah, the Bedford level experiment, which, you know, for those who are not aware, it was an experiment that was performed hundreds of times um, in the uh, in the 19th century and and beyond. Um, and the Bedford levels is a um, I think it's in Cambridgeshire or, or yeah, I think it's Cambridgeshire um, on, on the flat. So there's a point on the Bedford River there where you can actually see there's a straight stretch that runs for six miles and you can see the whole of the six mile stretch with binoculars now if you stand at one point there and look down that level and watch a rowing boat or a sailboat or whatever traverse that route for six miles then it should actually i can't remember what the actual figure is but it should have disappeared over the earth's curvature I think yeah, it's yeah. it should be something like thirty-two feet, or maybe even more than that. Thirty-something feet below the horizon by the time it reaches the the bridge six miles away, Welney yeah. Bridge, I think it's called. But in actual fact, this has been done many, many, many times, and there is no way that bow ever disappears from view. You know, it 
there's something in the human in human vision, well, in all animal vision, called the vanishing point, which means that perspective makes it come to a a, a point at a certain distance, and then yeah. things yeah. disappear. It's nothing to do with going over the curvature of the Earth. It's just a phenomenon of our vision, if you like, and that's yeah. what happens because when you something will look as though it disappears. And then you can actually get some binoculars or a telescope and look at it, and it's, it suddenly magically appears again. Yeah. But the Earth yeah. tell us that it's actually disappeared over the horizon, which is nonsense. Yeah, you know, they, um, I think the what's the the sort of consensus academic uh, argument to that is that the 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 light bends with the the curvature of some absolute nonsense like that oh, they come up with all sorts of technical garbage that that explains oh, wow. the way their their position you know because they obviously don't want they don't want us to know that that's the case yeah, uh, oh, yeah. but i mean I, i've experienced this myself I, I was i spent some time in the isle of man a few years ago mm-hmm. and if you if you stand um if you stand at the end end of douglas harbour on the isle of man and, and look southwards towards the welsh coast which is about 60 miles away yeah. you can actually see it through through a telescope or binoculars oh, wow. you can actually see the welsh coast which is 60 miles away it should be 1944 feet below the horizon wow <laughs> you know oh. using using the globe earth uh curvature calculation yeah yeah wow that's, I mean, that's pretty, that's damning, isn't it? That's well, of pretty course, damning. absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and there are even more extreme examples of that. You know, there are, there are, there are places where you can see things, you know, a couple of hundred miles away, um, uh, you know, using a telescope, obviously not using human vision because it's got its limitations, um, yeah. but you shouldn't be able to see it. You know, there are places where you can see things that should be <laughs> like three or four miles below the horizon, you know. Uh, you know, and it's quite easy to see them through binoculars. But as you say, the, the globe has come out with these ridiculous things. They talk about something called superior refraction, um, which brings these things into view, which is just, yeah, to my mind, it's just, it's just insult. You know, it's just insulting people's, in, in, you know, intelligence to, to my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely uh, insulting. Really. Yeah. Is. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do a, I do a. There's, again, there's all sorts of other, uh, you know, elements to the to the flat Earth, um, you know, conspiracy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I cover it all in in falsification of science. Um, you know, so anybody who's interested in finding out more about that um, is. Uh, is you know should should buy the book you know a nice little plug oh, yeah, there they but, should. <laughs> yeah yeah oh, they it, should <laughs> I think I, I think it's interesting that that most people I know actually taking the time to research flat Earth actually become flat Earthers and that is exactly what I did I actually set out to prove it was crap to be fair and uh, you know I I found myself believing the opposite very quickly yeah, because yeah. of what I've just talked about and other stuff besides you know yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's, I remember arguing with my friend years ago because I'm I'm a big Hollow Earth guy. Um, okay, right. Yeah. But I, I I I genuinely it could be somewhere in the middle. It really can. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't I dismiss that. His, his sort of argument was, well, on flat Earth, there's no aliens, and I remember him saying that, and that instantly because I was a big UFO alien guy too. I'm not anymore, but 
Yeah. Um, I was sort of like, no, that can't be true. You know, we stick in our camps, don't we? You know, we yeah, sure. defend yeah. our gods and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, and then now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I just, I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't believe anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, people say to me, you know, that about flat earth. Oh, I don't care what shape the earth is. What difference does it make? Mm, who cares? Well, it, it matters because if if they've been lying to us, then you know all these years and millennia. Well, what else are they lying about? You know, yeah, uh, yeah that's why it matters. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, per se, it doesn't really matter whether the Earth is flat or a globe or a you know shaped like a peanut. I mean, who cares? But it's yeah. but it's the principle of it that, that's the important <coughs> element to that. You know, yeah, not absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I mean, if someone doesn't know where they are or where they came from i mean they're they're set up for for you know they believe anything you know what yeah. i mean it's like exactly it's absolutely insane one other one other thing i wanted to get to while we still got a bit of time yeah is um nuclear bombs <laughs> right and it's another one isn't it yeah yeah um yeah, on the bingo the conspiracy bingo card at the moment but it's yeah. So, so one of the things that I always thought when I was growing up, you know, we're all shown the snuff footage of, um, yeah. you know, the daring pilots dropping the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki yeah. and stuff like that. And then you see yeah. the, the, the test footage mm-hmm. and it's this little house with a tree, you know, there's, there's people uh, inside, okay. mannequins, and it all gets blown away, instantly vaporized. Yes. But the camera's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again... You know, this this is you know, nuclear weapons absolutely do not exist. Again, it's, it's very easy to prove. You know, lots of scientists have come out and said this. You know, that it's a physical impossible. What they describe as a nuclear explosion is a physical impossibility. And this is a just another example of the way that they keep us in fear. Because what happened was when the when World War Two was coming to an end which was obviously very traumatic to millions and p- millions of people, you know, they needed a new threat. And hence the Cold War. You know, the Cold War was terrifying. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm of the baby boomer generation. I was born, you know, in the 1950s. And I, I was terrified by this, as were all of everybody that I knew, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, the very beginning of the Cold War when the nuclear threat was really at its height. You know, my parents were terrified. You used to you have things like the Cuban Missile Crisis in the, the early 1960s, whereby oh, yeah. allegedly America and Russia nearly came to, you know, use their nukes on each other. And it's all a big fabrication to keep us in fear because that's one of their biggest weapons is fear because they they know that again i'll risk repeating myself a fearful people are far easier to control yeah you know we were we were told that civilization was hanging by some kind of a thread you know with you know these these world leaders with their fingers on the on the nuclear trigger you know and we could be annihilated at any moment yeah that's that's i mean it's sort of if you think about sort of the the deep underground military bases and stuff like that, you know, that that sort of, although it's not intrinsically linked in any way, sort of as far as we know, but that, you know, it sort of solidifies the the belief in it as if, and the, the, the seed bolt as well. It's like, well, they've got backup just in case things go nuclear. And you know what I mean? It just, 
yeah, it yeah. reinforces it more. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what what is the principal verifiable evidence for nukes? And I've used verifiable advisedly. Um, yeah. The only the only times that it's ever been a nuke has ever been used in anger, uh, other than the tests. You know, is Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now, interestingly enough, there was an American guy, a major Alexander de Seversky, who was uh, actually commissioned immediately in the aftermath of World War Two to um, produce a report uh, and all the bomb damaged cities throughout the world. So both in Europe and in Asia, um, all the bomb damage and do an analysis of all the different types of damage from the different types of bombs, which ranged from fire bombs to, you know, uh, huge blockbuster bombs to just normal conventional bombs. And obviously, of course, that included Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now, what staggered him, you know, it absolutely stunned him, was that he could not detect any differences at all between the damage at Hiroshima and Nagasaki as to any other conventionally bombed cities in Japan or Europe. I mean, he was prepared for these horrific sites. Uh, He found none in those two cities worse than any other totally devastated cities. You know, for example, you know, we've been lied to. The metal frame buildings were all still intact. Yeah, a few yeah. brick-built buildings were still intact. I'm talking about Hiroshima and Nagasaki here, by the way. The main hospital, less than a mile from the alleged epicentre of the blast, was still intact. No one was killed. There were only a few slight injuries, and these were mainly from flying glass. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and he... It's all, I mean, it's totally contradictory to what we're told about. In fact, the damage to both those cities was absolutely entirely consistent with extreme firebombing. There was no justification or melted metal at all. (coughs) And as I say, the hospital was still intact because that was built of concrete. Um, You know, so, I, I mean, Seversky concluded that in reality, the damage was a result of carpet incendiary bombing, as had been the case with all the other Japanese cities. But the thing is that Hiroshima and Nagasaki were strangely not attacked at all until the nuclear attacks. Now, every other Japanese city had been bombed virtually out of existence. You know, they'd been raised to the ground. But significantly, both Hiroshima and Nagasaki, I believe, were chosen because they, the, all the buildings there were mainly, and I'm talking 90% here, of wooden construction. Right? So, yeah, so it would have been easy to pretend that these cities were destroyed as a result of this horrendous explosion. And secret US government documents have revealed, have proved that it was actually firebombed and not nuked. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I heard you. Uh, I think it was Greg Carlwood, uh, Hireside Chats. I, I heard you on his, his oh, uh, yeah, yeah. podcast, and I I remember hearing you say, um, and I'd, I'd just like you to say it again because it was absolutely brilliant about the the, the woman in the crowd when you were. Oh speaking. right, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was at a conference last uh, last August in Nottinghamshire, and mm. I did I did my standard presentation on the nuclear weapons hoax. And um, 
obviously asked for questions at the end you know went through it and this this lady stood up and she said um well i lived in hiroshima for 10 years she said and I, there's so much evidence that 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 you know there were actually nuclear weapons she said in fact near where i live there's a wall and there's a shadow of people that were actually obliterated by the blast <laughs> on the wall and i said oh really yeah and then my friend who was in the audience he stood up and he said how come the wall was still standing? Yeah. And she, and she said, oh. And then she came up to me afterwards when, you know, when the talk had finished, and then she said, you could be right, yeah. I'll see what you mean. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's liberated her mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 the plan was to promulgate this cold war to, to keep us all in fear for well it, you know 45 years it lasted the cold war didn't it you know because Jam japan be began trying to negotiate surrender in 1944 but the u.s refused and this myth has been propagated that the japanese weren't going to surrender they were determined to fight to the last man and and it was only the atom bombs that that actually ended the war it saved millions of lives blah 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 but they already had plans to obliterate a couple of cities to make this possible because they knew that that would then facilitate the Cold War, which yeah. had been very well in advance. And, you know, the bomb was ready by mid-1945, allegedly. Had it been ready too soon, then the war would have ended prematurely, and that wasn't part of the agenda. The war lasted exactly as long as they wanted it to last. You know, so there's a quote here, actually, I've just dug it out as I was talking then from the U.S. Secretary of State at the time. It was a guy called Edward Statinius, and he was the son of a J.P. Morgan partner. And he said in early 1945, yeah. and I quote, our entire post-war program depends on terrifying the world with the atomic bomb. We are hoping for a tally of a million dead in Japan. But if they surrender, we won't have anything. Oh, Jesus. I mean, doesn't that just tell you everything? everything you know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Listen, John, this has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I'd love to have you on again as well. To, to, yeah, but have you got any, um, before, obviously, before I let you go, just um, let people know, you know, what your books are, where they can get them. I'll put the links in the, the show notes, but um, tell anyone tell everyone what you're sort of working on at the moment if you are working on anything i'm having a bit of a hiatus at the moment i'm not doing anything but uh, there is a book planned for maybe the back end of this year um that is starting it obviously it won't be published then it's probably going to be published next year um but the my next book is going to be about um, transhumanism which i believe is oh, where oh. the events of today are, are ultimately meant to be taking us um but yeah um my books can be found on Amazon, dot wherever you are. Um, just search my name, John Hamer. You'll come up with my author page and all my books. Um, you know, uh, so absolutely. Uh, I also have a uh, a bit shoot channel, which is has not been updated this year because I've been so busy with one thing and another, personal issues and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of information on there. Uh, it's called John Hamer Official, my bit shoot channel, and I also have a website called falsificationofhistory.co.uk. 
Um, those are the three main sources. So Amazon website and um, the my bit shoot channel. Fantastic. Do you know what? John, the hammer of true fame, mate, you are <laughs> a legend in this field and I look forward to all of your work. Um, I'm going to try and buy all the rest of your books and just binge read them and just uh, have you on again and just have you explode my brain again. But, um, <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate you spending the time with me. It's and, been my uh, pleasure, Nick. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. All the best. Bye, mate. Bye-bye.